0: All information given in this episode is for educational purposes and should not be tried prior to consulting a licensed physician and or certified state or accrediting bodies. We encourage all listeners to research, talk, and make all inquiries to all of the important professionals and governing bodies before acting on any information heard on the Day Love It podcast. Any action taken by any listener is done by and under their own omission and action, whether conscious to the results, positive or not.
1: to the de la
0: fit Podcasts, 360 degrees of holistic fitness and health all in one podcast salutations and proclamations it is i it is you it is us it is we together we make up the digital family that is the de la fit podcast i'm your host philly's number one son aka the body alchemist sun moon bay bringing you another podcast excursion Happy Friday to all of you out there I hope you are tuning in and listening And you are in a mental, physical state of bliss positivity You know, for many of our listeners who tune in You already know that the De La Fit Podcast views fitness Far past its conventional predecessors We don't look at fitness as purely what you do in the gym We look at it as what you do in life So every aspect of life is touched by fitness and health. This is why we take the look at certain topics that we do. This is why we delve into them. And this is why we bring so many different individuals to the podcast. This is why we can find a connection to everybody and anybody. Because in order to lead a successful life, fitness and health is paramount. Today, we'll be talking about something that again agrees and goes along with this mentality with the pandemic that has been looming many businesses brick and mortar as well as online have had to deal with an immense amount of adaptation and change brick and mortar more so more than ever today we'll be talking about running a successful business during a pandemic how do you do this What are some of the keys that is needed to run a successful business? Well, for many of you out there who are new to the show and you're tuning in, you might be saying, well, how does this tie into fitness? Being able to work ties into how you are able to take care of yourself. Many individuals have had to adapt to the situation of being out of work and had to find very creative and adaptative ways in order to live and succeed in society. Thus, we have a whole new crop of entrepreneurs. Today, I'll be talking with special guest, John Briggs. John Briggs is a certified CPA. He is also a gym owner. He's also the owner of an accountant firm which many of his clients are those in the health arena, more so the gym and fitness-based arena. John is going to discuss some key tips that may help you maintain your business during this very strange and peculiar time that we're all dealing with. Not only will we be discussing this topic, but we'll be talking about how these tips can not only help entrepreneurs, but can help individuals as well. And I'm sure many of us can use as much help and guidance to make sure that we maintain our lifestyles going forward. With that being said, stay tuned for our interview with John Briggs. We'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back everybody to the 360 degrees of holistic fitness and health that is the De La Fit Podcast. You know, one of the mainstays of staying fit for a lot of individuals is being in the gym. And pandemic life has changed so much of that. Another thing that has changed is the fact the gym owner and many business owners. How do we maintain our business? I have a lot of friends that have gyms and While that's a benefit for me to be able to sometimes train for free, it's not always the best for them. Today, I have with me our special guest, John Briggs. Now John, you have a plethora of information when it comes to helping businesses maintain themselves, dealing with taxes and things of that nature. Tell us, you know, um, where do we go from here in this pandemic time?
1: Well, um, it's almost at this point state-specific, just because every state has handled it differently. I think when we go back to March and April, everyone handled it almost the same way. Hey, you're shut down. Um, First time that we're aware there's been a government-mandated shutdown for the gym industry. But now some states are freaking out about it still, um, uh, based on whatever numbers and all that stuff. So really... The most important thing people can do is just make sure everything's still clean. Um, we're in Utah. We've been really fortunate. We were only had we only had to be shut down for about six weeks uh, before we could let gym gyms open back up and have members back in. Um, most I've seen, you have taped off boxes so people feel safe, which unfortunately for a lot of gyms reduces their capacity. Um, so one of the things that we had to do that all of our clients did as well is you look at you look at the capacity pre-COVID you might have offered eight classes a day now you probably can only afford to maybe offer five Mm -hmm. Uh, one because people may not want to come in because they feel unsafe Um, but then just based on capacity rules itself and so we had to condense some classes um, On the flip side though, we have had some that have great attendance and based on their member activity, they added more classes because of the limited capacity. Um, But that always came down to this like financial calculation. Can Mm. we afford to have the extra class for the revenue? And um, I can tell you 2020, it became much more of a mindset of how do we retain our current members versus how do I bring new people in? because, um, you know, you you might be willing to incur some additional expenses by paying your coaches for some classes you didn't have in the past, just so your members feel satisfied and they're not gonna cancel. Um, But it's definitely been a wild ride. (laughs) True. We've had people go completely virtual. They've shut down the brick and mortar. We have others that are trying to take a hybrid thing, but uh, really whatever your members are willing to do that's the first step do do that
0: so all right before we get into the actual financial portion of this which we're definitely going to jump into i have to ask you your opinion uh the owner of, of the franchise retro fitness went on instagram um, and uh i think uh twitter as well just posted about the benefits of gyms during the pandemic all right the fact of it is is that many of us understand that in order to keep our immune system high exercise proper diet is one of the paramount things that we need with the way that things have transpired In your opinion, do you think gyms should have closed?
1: No, absolutely not. Uh, What happened, I don't know who did the study um, and I don't think anyone looked really at the full data, but it was just started, it was just published everywhere with media and they labeled uh, grocery stores and there's a few others, but definitely grocery stores and then gyms were listed as high concentrated spread areas. Well, mm-hmm. it's likely they may have been looking at um, the what we call global gyms, where their model is let me rent equipment and you know let's have four thousand members per location, even though only fifty can actually be in the building at a time. Right. Um, they could have looked at one of those, and they could have looked at one that was poorly run, because I can tell you so most of our clients are what I would consider a micro gym or boutique studio,
0: mm-hmm. where.
1: Their service that they're offering is more one-on-one attention, group training, small classes, but not not this where you can just come in whenever you want, 24/7 access. It's a different model, and I can tell you, our gym and their gyms have been cleaner than most people's homes. Mm. Like to say that the gym is gonna spread the COVID virus faster is just crazy to me. I mean. We're handing people an individual spray bottle with a towel. They wipe down their equipment themselves after every workout. They're staying in this box during what? the workout. And then when they're done, we added time in between classes so that coaches can go by and spray the floor and everything else like so it's like a double cleaning. So, the, I mean, you could lick the floor and it would be fine. But that's on one side, right? Like to even think that COVID is gonna spread higher in that type of environment is crazy to me. And just as a stat for our gym, we've had um, four members get the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and not a single, in, in, in any of those instances, did another member contract COVID from the member who had it because of the protocols and how clean it is. So you have that aspect, but then you have what you were talking about Dude, physical fitness boosts our immune system. True. They should be encouraging people to do something fitness-wise to help stop the spread of the virus or to at least make it less deadly. Look, and that's not to say someone really healthy can't get it and can't die from it. Correct. But at least the, the data shows is that the people who are healthier, lower body fat percentages, they do have a much higher survival rate of the coronavirus and those who had pre-existing medical conditions and are overweight and those things
0: totally agree with you with that um uh, uh john i've like i said i have friends who are gym owners i have individuals i've, I've worked in a gym um the idea that it's more of a uh, i guess you would say a, a larger spreading area or a super spreading area. I'm throwing up the air quotes because yes, you know they show sure. me right. right, you know. Um it, I think it is it's like many of the places that we need to go, but I think the whole th- thought of what a gym should be needs to change. And I think that individuals like the the head of the franchise of um retro fitness as well as individuals like you are you know this is a new conversation that Going forward, we need to have gyms. Gyms should be an integral part of our society and not looked at as more as a superficiality. Right. With that being said, let's go on the challenges facing gyms, micro gyms, global gyms, uh, businesses as a whole. I know now your company also has the most, if I'm correct in reading your bio, the most uh, 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 clients who own gyms. Am I correct? Because you're also a CPA.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So we work as a firm, we work with more fitness professionals and micro gyms than any other accounting firm that I'm aware of. Um, and that includes the big four. We just, we have a lot. We focused on them. I wrote a book called Profit First for Micro Gyms. It talks about cash flow. After choosing to serve the gym audience, I then also bought a failing gym so that I could experience it from that end because I really wanted to get in the heads of my clients to see what are the challenges that they're dealing with other than what i'm seeing they're dealing with just based on the paper itself um so yeah we do have a bit of experience working with uh, the fitness industry
0: so going forward what is some of the advice you would give to gym owners um i know like i said one of my friends he actually uh For two reasons left the gym Seeing sold his gym uh he was more i think it was a a bigger of a life change for him as well but i remember him saying to me he was like the whole gym industry is about to change and um to summarize it was kind of like i'm done with that i'm gonna move on to something else what are the changes we can see going forward I know the vaccine has ro- is rolling out. Uh Johnson and Johnson is going to roll out another vaccine which hopefully uh doesn't have to be refrigerated as well as it's a, a as they say a one-hitter quitter uh where I'm from you know <laughs> one jab in the arm and you know you're inoculated for such and such time. But what are we going to see with the gyms going forward? What are the financial challenges that you can foresee and how can uh gym owners and would be gym owners uh start to process this and form a plan?
1: Yeah. um, I think what we're going to see is people are going to start leaning more towards the smaller gym model. People are going to feel more comfortable in that environment just because um, of the structure that's related to it compared to like the global gyms. I mean, we know that they have suffered badly, uh, a lot of it because of the government restrictions. Um, because the 24/7 access and they feeling like they're super spreaders, and then how how many team members do you need following your other members around to make sure they are spraying down their equipment? Where with the smaller model, like we know exactly what piece of equipment that member is using, and the coach can literally watch them because you know your class size is you know 16 people or smaller. You can see if they clean it off or not, and if not, I'm like, hey, can you hold on one second? You know. Um one of the things that we learned through this process so um profit first is a cash flow management system mm-hmm. and every single one of our clients that had the system already implemented they're still in business today none of them went out of business because the cash flow management system gave them this framework that allowed them to have money and really just Good discipline around their expenses so that when the crisis hit, they could ease, they adapted. It, I'm not saying they didn't have stress or concerns, they right. members, all that stuff, but um, most of them had some cash reserves due to the system. They were running, they were a lot leaner with their expenses because of the system. And so, one thing I know I'm hoping to see is that gym owners will be a little bit more financially healthy in the way that they treat that aspect of their business, because let's be honest, like being passionate about somebody's fitness and helping them be healthier doesn't always translate to I'm super excited to do my accounting all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. That's (laughs) probably that next to the marketing aspect are the two most unfavorable things that uh, entrepreneurs have to deal with. Yeah. So, the global—I should say—the cash flow system. Could you talk a little bit more about that? What it is for uh, our listeners and viewers, uh, just to give them a kind of sense of how that is different than some of the other models that certain gyms are dealing with.
1: Yeah, Um, let me start with explaining why the system works the way it does. Okay. To do that, I'm going to share. An experience I had earlier in my career, I was working for this company, they were a door-to-door sales company. Um, and I was the controller, which is really just a fancy term to say head accountant. Okay. And I'm sitting in my office one day and the president of the company comes running in and he's like, John, you better lock the doors and hide. Don't let anyone know that you're here. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> my job's usually pretty boring. So I kind of feel like you're being a dr- bit dramatic, especially since, The weekend before, we had just had our end of year celebration for the company. We were celebrating $30 million in revenue and we're handing out bonus checks to sales reps, you know, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 checks. Well, apparently uh, the company didn't have the money to cover all these bonus checks, even though they did $30 million in revenue. And the owner had been working on trying to get a loan so that he could cover those. A million dollar loan. He needed a million dollar loan to cover these. It didn't happen. So all these checks we sent out were bouncing and the money wasn't there. So if I cut any more checks, uh, those were also gonna bounce. So then you should be asking yourself, how the crap does a company that does $30 million in revenue not have enough money to pay their sales reps? Hmm. How are they a million dollars short? Well. I had introduced the team like six months earlier to this really beautiful, gorgeous, super sexy spreadsheet. Okay. And in the spreadsheet, I laid out for them, like, look, every sale that we're doing, we're keeping $8 as a company.
0: Mm. So all the
1: expenses (laughs) had continued to increase based on the revenue that we were getting. That's, it was a 1% margin, which was super terrible. And I told them, hey guys, there's just, Really new, innovative ideas sweeping the business community, and I think if we implement that here, uh, we, you know, it might make a big difference. And this was pre-profit first. Okay. Uh, I said, "It's called a budget," and they're <laughs> like, "You're so paranoid. We don't need a budget. We'll just sell more."
0: Wait, wait a minute. Wait a wait wait a minute, John. Hello, digital family. My name is Thor, and I'm part of the Delafit team. We certainly hope that you're enjoying the interview thus far, and we'll be getting right back to it in just a few. I just wanted to let you all know that you can go to our website, www.delafitpodcast.com, to learn more about us and our hosts on Moon Bay. You should also follow us on social media for all the latest information on future guests, show topics, and all of 360 Degrees of Fitness and health tips and information. On Facebook and Twitter, we're at Podcast, and on Instagram, we're at D-E underscore L-A underscore Fit Podcast. Thank you and have a wonderfully fit and healthy day. Please tell me they didn't say, we don't need a budget and they're a major business.
1: They said, we do not need a budget. We will just sell more.
0: Where did they do that?
1: (laughs) Okay. So what, what that whole story I share to illustrate the problem of what we call Parkinson's law. Mm, Parkinson's law states that the the demand for something expands to match its supply. So I'm going to say that a different way. As a business owner, most businesses have one business bank account. Think of that bank account as a pile of supply and the demand for that cash or the expenses that a business incurs will continue to expand until there's no more cash available to spend. Mm. You see, without systems in place, our human behavior, our natural tendencies as income increases, so do our expenses. And sometimes our expenses accelerate at a faster rate than the income does. And so, it I mean, Parkinson's law is just pure human psychology. There's nothing we can do about it. There's not a drug we can take to get over it. So we we say with the Profit First system, like, all right, Mr. Parkinson, like, we see you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that you exist. But I'm gonna put some boundaries around my cash, so that you can't rear your ugly head. It makes sense. And so, the profit-first system—the uh, easiest way to think about it is—you have as a business owner commitments already. When money hits your bank account, that's not all your money. You have team members you committed to pay. Maybe you have a landlord. Uh, it's you know in a fitness studio. You're gonna have wear and tear on your equipment. You're committing to your members that they're gonna have a good experience. So at some point you're gonna have to replace those or maintain them. Um, So there's those types of commitments. And so we just say, let's create additional bank accounts to hold those major commitments so that when I look at my operating expense account now, after separating out these major commitments, I can run my business on that number. So I may have, you know, $30,000 in the bank amongst the different accounts, but if my operating expense account says only $8,000, I can now force myself to run the business off of $8,000 instead of thinking I have $30,000 and life is grand, you know, because what happens is if someone doesn't do this type of system, you might've seen this before, you know, the business owner will come in and we say, Hey, here's your tax bill. Like, um, uh, how do I owe that much money? I I don't, where'd that money go? Like, I don't have that money. Well, according to your accounting records and your bank statements, uh, you, you made this much money and then the government is taking their pound of flesh. Right. It's because they spent the money throughout the year without setting it aside. So here are the, here are the major bank accounts that we recommend for a gym owner. And if someone's listening to this, they're not a gym owner. You can adapt this to your personal lifestyle. It's just going to be way more simple than what a business owner needs to do. But we recommend seven accounts. We call them the essential seven. So you have one account, we call it income. Its sole purpose is to receive all the money that your customers pay you. All cash deposits, all credit card, merchant processing, all that goes into the income account. Then once a week or twice a month, you sit down and then you're gonna take the money from your income account and put them into these different buckets. So the other six, team member pay, owner's pay. Owner's pay is for you as an owner, we see too often in the fitness space, owners willing to not pay themselves for all the work they put into it. Mm -hmm. And that just leads to burnout. And we're trying to help avoid burnout altogether. So um, we, have to make sure that business owners pay themselves. If not, they're not gonna be around. And now their noble purpose of improving humanity's health is not gonna happen. So owner's pay is super important to us. Then we have profit. Um, There's one thing, if I work in the business, I should get paid for the stuff that I do. However, you also as the owner have taken risk that no one else has taken in your company. And if I invest in stock, sometimes that stock pays me a dividend because I've taken risks to own it. Well, the same thing here with a profit account. Let's set up a profit account and let's distribute some of the money to ourselves once a quarter. This account also serves as a rainy day fund. This is what helped our clients get through the crisis because they had balances in these accounts they could rely on when their revenue dipped so dramatically in march and april last year Mm. okay so income team member owners pay profit then you have um a tax account this is for income tax purposes because we say to ourselves look The money that you're taking for owner's pay, I want you to be able to live off of that. I don't want you to also have to set aside a certain amount of money on top of it to cover income tax burden. But the business is the one that's generating the income tax burden. So let's go ahead and have the business pay for the income tax that it generates. So we set that money aside. And when we do it this way, setting aside a little bit of money every week is so much easier than going 12 months and then getting the bill that says you owe five or 10 grand in taxes. And you're like, uh, <laughs> where's that? I, I don't have that money. But instead, it's like, yeah, I can live without that $100. Right now I can live without that $500. Um, so it's a lot easier that way. And then the other two operating expense account. Obviously, this is the main one that business owners have this is where you pay all your expenses out of and then you have uh, equipment in a fitness studio there's wear and tear on the equipment you're gonna to have to replace it it's gonna happen like right and instead of waiting like oh crap this rower broke down where am i going to come with the two grand to replace it you set aside a small amount of money all the time so that you have this bucket ready to go when you need to maintain or buy new equipment so that is your reader digest version super summary uh version of profit first
0: john First of all, that makes perfect sense Uh, Going forward I want to ask how Our listeners can use that in their personal life How you can make that maybe um, Something more for the individual Because I think this is some tools that Everyone can use Um, Also, the next question Is when do we Implement this in a business Do we implement it in the beginning Do we implement it In the middle John, are you still there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. My camera's being weird.
0: Okay. All right. Just, (laughs) I saw something stop all of a sudden. Um, Well, we can still hear you. So John, while you're there uh, working on the camera, uh, at what point should a business implement a cash flow system? Uh, You talked about the benefits of it. It all makes perfect sense. Uh, I've actually seen the results of when a gym owner uses a business as their personal wallet as well as when they are not taking out enough for themselves as owners and using a cash flow system when should they start to implement this and second to that which i know you'll get to is the fact of how can i think john are you still there okay i think he got disconnected but that's okay everybody um That's a normal part uh, of working with these things right here. Uh, It's called technology. But what it is, is that he said he could see and hear me. John, are you still here? I'm going to exit you out if you can hear me and then. okay, so all right. So John is here. We see you in the chat. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to exit you out uh, of the studio and you can actually use that same link to bring yourself back in. All right. So we're just going to. All right. So everybody, while we're still here, we're just going to wait for John to come back in. Some of the things that take place when you're dealing with technology. I mean, that's just the way it is. But for those out there, I think these are some important tips that all of us should actually Take to ourselves. And I know I'm taking notes right here. I don't know if you all can see. I have my phone on the side, but the budget is definitely very, very important to managing everything. So I'm curious as when John comes back, uh, just what more he could tell us about simplifying it for ourselves as individuals. Because this is some good information uh, for many of you out there uh, listening. Just some news. Daylight Fit Podcast. While we're waiting for uh, John to get back, Daylight Fit Podcast is now on Roku. That's right, we are on Roku TV and we are streaming to Facebook as well as to LinkedIn, uh you, and YouTube as well. Also, if you have not had the chance to see or to uh, uh um visit our new website, our website our website, our website, our website, uh, da, da, da. <laughs> our website has been revamped. And you should definitely take a look at it. It's www.dailyfitpodcast.com. It is up and is running and is created and, and well revamped and ready to uh, talk a little bit about us, talk a little bit about the needs uh, or how the podcast developed and to also invite would-be guests to the show. Also, if you're on social media, please keep in touch with us. We love to hear from all of you out there. You can get in touch with us on our social media. We are on Twitter and Facebook at De La Fit Podcast. And we are also on Instagram at DE underscore LA underscore Fit Podcast. So we love to see all of you on there. Also, you can follow me on instagram as the body alchemist uh which man i spell alchemist very weird very weirdly i was trying to be different when i did this but it's l-i-k-i-m-s-t uh underscore no no excuse me b <laughs> body underscore a-l-a-l-k-m-i-s-t i'm sorry you all unless i have it in front of me i really don't always remember how to uh, use it or I should say uh, how to uh, what my uh, name is I'm so used to saying it but I'm still not used to actually uh, using it on Instagram so I've had it for a while so when people ask me that I was like well what is the (laughs) could you tell us the name of it can you give give us that you know that um, that uh, uh, Instagram uh, uh, ID and I'm just like no not really (laughs) not really at all all right we have john and he is back i'm gonna add him to the stream. john did the technology get your buddy
1: yeah so i just jumped to my cell phone
0: not a problem man not a problem so glad to have you back so um uh, for everybody out there see it, let me give a shout out to the person that edits the show at times uh that would be me so <laughs> <laughs> so um when everybody sees this, we might leave it in because it's just a natural part of what we're all dealing with out there. It's the pandemic. Computers don't always want to work. Computers get sick as well, so <laughs> it is what it is. So, John, uh, the question was: When is the appropriate time for a business to implement a uh, flow cash flow system? Um, and also, you might want to turn down your volume just a little bit. We're getting a little bit of feedback. Okay. All right. Uh, when is the appropriate time for a business to start implementing a cash flow system? Should it be in the beginning? Should it be in the middle? Should I wait to the dear end and pray to the great gym gods that it saves me? When when should we implement this?
1: um The answer is always now. Uh, whether you're a startup or you're thinking about starting up, if you've been in business for a long time, you want to do this now because in any of those stages there's benefits to having control over your cash i mean think about it in a startup phase for example oh i might borrow some money to get the gym started gonna buy some equipment maybe i work in some working capital you know some excess cash left over so i can run the gym for a couple months before you know hopefully i have some profitability and members coming in no the, the way the system works is because you're sitting down once a week or twice a month and you're taking the money and the income account into these different buckets, we also recommend you look at your expenses at the same time. Because normally, our normal behavior is, I look at my expenses once a year when I have to do my taxes. And looking at 12 months of financial statements in your bank account, when you're not passionate about it, uh,
0: (laughs) it's
1: just not gonna happen. So instead, you're only looking at the previous week of transactions. Now, as you look at them, you can constantly ask yourself, does this actually allow us to add more members or keep our current members? And if not, it's a not productive expense and we don't need it. And so if if I'm starting out, I want that in place right away so that as my business grows, my expenses don't grow at the same pace as my income. Now, if I'm already in business, uh, you know, chances are the owner probably feels like they're not getting as much out of their work, like receiving compensation to the point of what they're actually putting in. Mm. And that's where the system is really awesome, too, because then by running the system, you identify some of these expenses you brought on that aren't actually working for you. And you force, start forcing yourself to run the business off less money than you really have available um, so we always the answer is always now now that being said you know maybe you start off with I haven't done this before so hmm, I'm gonna just do 1% of my income into my profit account Like we don't need to start big But we do want to start establishing the habit, just like when we exercise, you know, you're not if you haven't exercised for a while, you're not jumping straight into a marathon. You might build your way up into it. True. It's the same principle when it comes to the financial scenario, like let's let's take something that's going to be it stretches us, but we can accomplish it. And we don't want to make it such a big goal that we then look at it and say, there's no way I'm going to be able to accomplish that
0: great advice john um for individuals listening at home as well as watching how can we take this information because it's it's useful plain uh uh, i don't want to say plain common sense because it's common sense is just not common anymore but it's (laughs) very um factual sense so to the individual who's listening right now How do I take that into my normal life? Do I still get seven accounts, you know, and do I place all that money in different accounts or what what would I do?
1: Yeah, from a personal standpoint, um, you wanna look at the buckets that are important to you. So, um, that again, because, well, if you're a business owner, the business is gonna pay your taxes, but let's say you're a W2 employee. Okay you want an account for taxes you don't want to get caught not having enough withheld now if your w2 already withholds enough you don't need that um the beauty about the system is that it's a framework of principles um there's no like hard lines that we draw as far like this is exactly how you have to do it but so um investing in for the future because at some point you're going to want to retire and it's really good to have assets in place for investments that actually pay you money. Um, so having an account that you can invest is good. So you, that would be a bucket I would use. And a lot of times as humans, we get a lot of pleasure out of planning a trip. <laughs> we all want a relief from the normal day to day stuff that we do. So I'd have a travel bucket as well. Um, My wife loves to do home projects, and they never seem to be cheap. So um, I would also have a like home improvement bucket so that I can always do stuff at my house. Um, But again, by doing this, it becomes a lot easier to manage when the time comes to use the money instead of hoping I'm going to have a gigantic chunk of cash available to do some of these things that... I feel are important to me, but I never get around to because I've never set aside the money and I'm going to keep spending Parkinson's law, right? I'm going to keep spending the money available to spend.
0: Well, first of all, John, shout out to Mrs. Briggs for those exuberant, uh, home, uh, uh, workings and things that she's doing there. Um, and also, um, I, I find that very useful. I think. I like how you're breaking everything down because it really seems like, how do you pay attention to your expenses? Now, with that being said, I have to ask you this, how many individuals or, or should say how many experiences have you had working with individuals who don't want to be honest with themselves about their expenses. Is that a thing? Is it is it if it's not let me know. But I feel like from the information you're telling me there are people that are just like that's that's not really an expense. No, no, no it's not. It's, but but John, mm-hmm. is uh, it I'm gonna
1: say a hundred percent. Some of them come okay. around a lot faster. And those aren't always pleasant conversations that we have with our clients cause we're, we're, you know, we go in and we assess the health of their gym and we tell them like, look, um, your business can't afford to pay you as much as you're paying and, and, or your business needs to be paying you more money, which means you have to cut back on expenses. And then we go through each expense with them, holding their hand, asking the questions, you know, is this productive? Is it not productive? Um, we technically have nine questions that we ask. Um, that help give us a different framework on how to look at the expenses. And it's funny how often they can justify the expense, which is again, human nature. At some point they decided that that was a good expense. And so we're basically coming in and saying, you're wrong. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: none of us like to hear that. I don't like to hear that. So we're gonna find ways to justify why it is okay. But you know, eventually they can come around and we can identify, look, this could have been a good expense, but right now you can't afford good expenses. You can only afford excellent expenses. Like we need to focus on what are the actual needs and not necessarily the wants. And again, like if someone's able to do that without the help of a coach, I mean, that is a really, that person is gonna be a very successful human being. Um, and I, it, I, you know, rec- I I just hope everyone can have that honest level of honesty with themselves. Uh, what are some of the,
0: what are some of the expenses, uh, John, that you do see that a lot of gym owners they try to in themselves say, no, no, it's a it's a good expense. You know, this this new squat machine we needed that we exactly. needed this new squat machine. <laughs> Give us some examples, um, for for the. For my friends, my other fellow gym owners out there, my yeah. friends out there, give, give us some examples.
1: Um, you know, some of the easy ones, it's amazing what they're not paying attention to. I see multiple music subscriptions services, you only need one. Um, I see multiple softwares, and you know, they claim, well, this one does this, and this one does that. Uh, I would just encourage them to go out and find one software that does all the things that they need, and they likely will cut back on some expenses. Um, But then there's a whole list and there's not any specific things. We just call it shiny object syndrome. (laughs) Like I remember one of the GMs of our gym, I had hurt my back, um, my L5. And he's like, you know, if we had a Rhino squat machine in here, you could still do squats with your back the way it is. I'm like, cool. How much are those? <laughs> I mean, he said it was like ten or fifteen grand or something. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I think I'll just figure out a modify without that right now. I'm and I still end up getting good workouts. in, But yeah, as gym owners, we just love the new novelty things. I mean, uh, we have a sandbag that only comes out every once in a while and it's from someone doing their own individual workout on like a Saturday Mm -hmm. and then they quickly realize why they stopped using the sandbag. Um, Atlas stones, I mean, yeah, that looks cool. We'll just flip these over our shoulders. Oh, it turns my forearms into hamburger skin. Um, (laughs) Maybe maybe we're not going to program that into an actual workout though, so... Yeah, shiny objects, man. That sky's the limit with those. I've seen all sorts of things justified.
0: It seems as though uh also specificity uh is, is an issue with certain gyms. Like I said, the gym I worked at was a fantastic gym. It was a hole in the wall. All right, 100%. All right, you know, it was a dive gym. It it had some of the strongest men and women, though, some of the best athletes. And I feel that a lot of dive gyms are. And for everybody listening, a dive gym is basically, it's a, how do I put it? It's a bare bones gym, no frills, just plain old, what they would say, old school pig iron. There's people grunting, there's snorting, people are yelling, they look like they just are not coming out of LA fitness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that was the fault of this gym that I did see, uh, because I, I got hired as the marketing person. Um, and the fault that I saw is that in marketing, the gym, he had tremendous, uh, uh, uh coaches, tremendous trainers, bodybuilders, powerlifters, calisthenics, athletes, you name it. But he could not identify what his gym was. It, it wasn't a power, uh, a uh, uh, a powerlifting gym, although there was a significant amount of power lifters. It wasn't a bodybuilding gym, even though he had a significant amount of successful bodybuilders, and so on. So it seems as again, what you're saying, there's is you gotta know what it is that you are, uh, you have and what type of business that you're running in order to also be successful, along with implementing this cash flow uh, system.
1: Yeah, um, I, I can tell you, this is something that we're experiencing with our gym itself is I, I'm starting to look around. I'm like, look, we, we actually aren't any different than any of these other gyms in the area. We're all charging about the same amount. Uh, they, you know, sure, we're not F45, we're not Orange Theory, but all the other non franchise studios in the area, we all basically kind of do the same thing. So, when it comes from a marketing standpoint, we really do want to identify how are we different and then really own it. Like, are we different because we're better at helping stay at home moms get better fitness? Are we different because, um, Firefighters and police officers can get a really good fitness with us, and we cater our workouts specifically to their needs. Um, are we? like I mean, in some level, F forty five is different because of their boot camp style of workouts they run. Orange Theory is different in that you know exactly what you're going to get. You know that there's going to be boring cardio involved with some strength po- component, um, and you know that your heart rate's going to be showing up on that monitor like um being different is very important especially if you're struggling when it comes to profitability um yeah being different and then attracting the right audience super super key
0: john at this point in the interview i normally ask every professional that comes on here uh two different questions all right one Three tips you would give to business owners, gym owners, individuals. Three tips that you you know you feel like everybody should know. These three basic things. Uh, they could be tools that you've used for your life, tools you've used to teach others. Three basic uh, tips.
1: Okay. Three tips. First one comes to mind if you're a business owner or you receive income um, as a 1099 contractor. There is a really cool tax strategy that's called the Augusta rule. We call it corporate rent um, but if you google the Augusta rule uh, you'll see endless amounts of literature on this and here's kind of how it works. Um, The IRS lets you deduct ordinary and necessary business expenses which means are other people in your industry doing something similar? And then we look at there's these companies out there, uh, bigger companies that pay money to use a hotel space or a convention center. They're they're paying money to that place to use the space to hold company meetings. Well, there's a way you can do this as a small business owner uh, because the tax rules allow you to rent out a property and as long as you don't rent it out for more than 14 days during the year it's not actually considered a rental property which means the tax rules don't require you to claim any income so we say okay this is how it actually works your business is going to rent from you as an individual your living space to hold a monthly
0: everybody enjoyed that interview with john briggs john thank you so much for coming to the de La fit podcast and discussing all of that information sharing that information rather for everybody that's out there listening i hope you're able to take advantage of this information and use it for yourself i know i am cash flow is something i'm going to be definitely thinking of in the future How to organize properly, that's essentially what it comes down to. How do we organize all of this information? How do we organize our finances? What are finances? We need to start thinking of these things in a deeper sense, in a deeper way. You know, they don't really teach finance and how to not only just make money in a more proactive and productive way. But they don't teach that. How do you maintain them in the proper way? Yeah, there are places you can go and there are seminars and, you know, the banks will tell you a little bit about this. But who really teaches us about how to maintain our money and how to allow us to let our money work for us? Now while we didn't get deeply into that conversation Or perhaps touch that at all With our conversation with John The conversation needs to be had The thing of it is, is that many of us are taught to work We're taught once you work Whether it's starting your own job Or starting your own career Or your own company We're taught to work Put in the time The money will come And then save it Put it here many of us aren't taught how to allow our money to work for us. Now, I think it's very interesting, as John was discussing about the fact of flow and cash flow at that. Flow is in every part of our lives. There is a flow. There is an energy. There is a way that energy flows throughout life. You know, one of my mentors taught me that when you're lifting you need to go with the flow that doesn't mean allow your body just to be thrown around with the weight it means to get comfortable don't fight it understand what your body is doing that takes time just like we have our body ourselves has a blood flow But why does it flow? There's a heart pumping blood. There's oxygen going in and out of our lungs. We need to learn the necessary process to allow our energy to carry over. See, energy isn't just something that just flows uh, um, accidentally. It has a purpose. And energy is throughout our atmosphere. It's constantly flowing. Just like Thoughts. The thing I'm trying to say is that once we learn to use that energy, quote unquote, that flow in an appropriate way, maybe our hard work won't be so hard. Yes, you'll have to put the consistency in, you'll have to continue to be diligent, but allowing that energy to flow in the right way with the proper organization, with the proper ideal uh, or idea. Of how to use that energy That can equal success If If You understand the science The science Of everything The science of fitness The science of health as a whole I know it might sound really I don't know avant-garde to many of you listening out there But the thing of it is, is that I'm going to share with you something that my father used to tell me now you may not agree some of you may agree but basically when I was a younger man he used to say the rules and principles that you use for life can be applied to everything. I'm slowly starting to understand that as I get older true principles work with Many of the things we deal with, whether it's forging your body to get stronger, losing weight, building finances to wealth, having a successful business or a successful relationship. Many of these principles that allow us to do and accomplish success in life can be used and related to other parts of our lives with that being said i wish you all a great happy healthy positive day and a beautiful happy healthy week to come have a good one everyone enjoy you've been listening to the delafit podcast ta-ta for now